Good morning, church. You happy to be in the house of the Lord today? I love it. You know, I, I know we're all at different journeys on our faith, and I just want to encourage you, there's room for you wherever you are on that journey to be here this morning. I hope songs like we just sang challenge all of us. I don't know if you saw that, but that song was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that we need the fullness of His Spirit in our lives. And I just want to really encourage you in that. You need Him. Did you know that? You want to be miserable. By the way, you want to be the most miserable person on earth is have some kind of form of belief in Jesus and then try to follow Jesus without his spirit. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying today? It is impossible to follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Allow him to fill you. Uh, If that's new to you or... It's weird. I grew up in church, and I felt like for years and years I never heard about the Holy Spirit in that way. And yet once you receive him into your life and really have an expectation for him, you see him in almost every verse in the entire Bible. Like, I don't know how we did such a good job of cutting the Holy Spirit out of the Bible, but he's all over it, he's in it, and he wants to be in you. So, uh, again, let's just pray before we even get going here. I sense this. Some of you, that's what you need. You don't even need another sermon. You need the Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, fall fresh on this place. Holy Spirit of God, fall fresh on this place. Fall on those broken places. Fall on those places of fear and worry and doubt. Fall on those places of depression and despair. Fall on those places of illness and sickness. Fall on those places of hopelessness. Fall in this place. And Holy Spirit, come alongside us and teach us. Teach us. Remind us of who Jesus is. Remind us of what Jesus has said. But also, correct us. Lead us. Bring us forward into all that you have for us. To follow. To truly follow. Not just in lip service, but indeed to follow your commands. To love God and to love others as ourselves. Holy Spirit, empower us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, here we are, second week of our series, The Unstoppable Mission of Jesus. The Unstoppable Mission of Jesus. Really, the idea here, the main idea, is that it is His mission. Did you know that, right? This is Jesus' mission. But His mission is accomplished through His church. Maybe say that with me. His mission is accomplished through His church. Some of you were scared to even say that. You're like, really? Like through us? Through me? Yes, church, through us. Did you know that? There's no plan B? Like Some people are like, well, I take it or leave it. Maybe go to church, maybe not be a part of a church. No, 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 no. This is his body. You want to know where Jesus is? You want to see Jesus? Come to church. Come to a community just like this because we are his body. We are his bride. He loves his church. He died for his church. Did you know he's coming back for his church? Man, I might be preaching for a while today. I'm feeling it. But again, he wants to reveal himself to the world through us, through me. His mission accomplished through his church. So what does that look like? To to be the 
body of Christ, to be the church of Christ? What does it look like to fulfill the great commandment? I just talked about it in that prayer. The great command, which is what? To love the Lord with everything you've got and to love others as yourself. But also, what does it look like to fulfill the great commission? Do you remember the great commission at the end of Matthew? What did he say? He goes, go, get out of here. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're taking six weeks right here at the beginning of the year to prepare, I would say, to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds, prepare our spirits, even to prepare our bodies. This 21 days of prayer and fasting so good to, to practice saying no to the things of the flesh, yes to the things of God. But right here at the beginning, what a sacred time, six weeks to prepare ourselves, what, to play our part. Does anyone else want to play your part in the mission of Jesus? And that's really the idea is we want to be effective in playing our part in, again, the unstoppable mission of Jesus. I loved last week's message. How many of you were here for last week? That was just incredible on the Empowered Church. If you missed it, we, we do have several ways you can watch it. We have it online. We have a podcast. We have it on Facebook. We have it on our website. Please go ahead and, and, and find that. Or, by the way, if you were filled with the Holy Spirit and then spent the next six days not living by the Holy Spirit, uh, listen to it again. You know, <laughs> There's a process in that. I know that doesn't come naturally for some of us, but just to, to learn how to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. So today, uh, as last week was that we are an empowered church today, and man, this is, this is the season for this, absolutely necessary. It is that we are to be a courageous church. In fact, everybody say that, a courageous church. A courageous church. It seems so appropriate to me that I'd be preaching a message on the topic of courage on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. I mean, is there anyone that we would know that displayed the kind of courage that Dr. King showed along with those around him. And I, I was reading an article this week, and it's by a lady named Thelma Brooks. And she was a teacher at a university, at Selma University in Alabama. And she joined the march that Dr. King was on from Selma to Montgomery. But listen to what she says about Dr. King and, and her experience with him. But also, in light of this topic... Try to keep your ear out for that idea of courage. She says, He was so organized and nonviolent. He really cared for people. He had compassion for people. He taught us not only how to march and stand up for what we believe in, but to do so in a nonviolent way. He taught us to persevere and not give up, that we would be strong and courageous to fight the fight. She says, Martin Luther King told us that no matter what happened, just stay focused. Remain courageous and keep your eyes straight ahead. This march, it took five days for this march, over 40 miles. And she says, I could see people on top of buildings and on the street, even women and children waving Confederate flags, calling us all sorts of names, but we kept marching. When we got to the Capitol, Martin Luther King presented to the governor our needs for voting rights. It was very exciting and scary. But we had the courage to keep on pushing. Isn't that amazing? The courage that uh, they showed in the, really in the face of such hatred, such opposition. Uh, it's moving to me today. It's just an incredible, incredible uh, account. Again, her name was Thelma 
Brooks, I also watched an interview she had with a TV station, and, and you can look that up. It's very, very good. Now, I want to draw you atten- your attention to the sticker. Go ahead and pull this out. Everyone should have gotten this. If you didn't uh, get one, where, do we have extras anywhere? Ushers? Where might be the extras? Okay, so there's some back there if you don't have one. But go ahead and pull that out. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask you to do something with this a little bit later on. But right now, I already, right at the beginning of my message, I want you to consider what your answer to this statement might be. Because, again, it's a season that requires courage. I was watching this show called The Lost Kitchen, and it was, it's pretty good. I, I, I love food, and, and uh, yeah, so that works for me. But she, she has, I think there's three seasons, but the first episode is recorded or it goes through fall of 2019. The second episode is March, April of 2020. Right? So it's just hilarious. Like, but from the first episode to the second episode, everything changes. I mean, you know what happened. You walked through it as well. The restaurant closes. They shut down their doors. They can't have any guests inside. I mean, they don't know what to do. They're also, with their eyes, seeing all the restaurants closing around them. So they're uh, beginning to be afraid. They're seeing employees laid off. They're beginning to be fearful. But then I love this show because it begins to start showing how this owner, she starts making very courageous decisions, courageous decisions that keep her business going. By the way, I just want to brag about LifeSpring. You saw a lot of that courage here at LifeSpring over the last couple of years, like courageous leaders. You have courageous pastors. You have a courageous staff, a courageous leadership team. You, church, have been courageous. I, I'm so proud of you. When I'm not in the room and I talk about you, I talk about you with such joy and delight because of the courage you've shown. The courage has risen up in this place. And again, that moves my heart, but it also just proves something that we all know is true. When fear and anxiety are at their highest levels, that's where courage is found. Where fear and anxiety are at their highest levels, that's when you need the courage. Courage is revealed in an atmosphere of fear. You might want to write that down. If you're taking notes, got your phone, tablet, whatever, write that down. Courage is revealed in an atmosphere of fear. All right, I think about what the Freibergs are walking through. You're so brave. You're so courageous, my friend. Your son, so courageous. But it's in the midst of of an atmosphere of worry and anxiety and questioning and doubts and fear. Again, when everything's going right, you probably don't need much courage, do you? Now, when everything's falling apart, when everything's crumbling, that's where and when courage is needed. And I I really sense this. I believe that 2023, the Lord is looking for courageous people. He's looking for a courageous church. I I hope that's you. I hope that's me. So as we turn to our Bibles this morning, most of you know the familiar passages. There's some go-to passages you go to. Uh, Joshua, right? Joshua 1, that's a familiar one. Let me read that real quick. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. And then he says, Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Say it with me. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord is with you. Be strong and courageous. Again, that's probably the passage that most of us have heard before. But I was really feeling it this week with this topic of being a courageous church. For us to be the body of Christ filled with courage, the needed courage to be a part of the unstoppable mission of Jesus. I wanted to hang out in the New Testament. So if that's okay, that's where we're hanging out today. I I think these are pretty powerful passages, incredible passages, and they're familiar. You've probably heard every one of them before. So the first one I want to start with is Jesus. It's his earthly ministry. You find this in Mark and Matthew, and it's when he's walking on water. Does anyone, have you heard that one before, the walking on water one? Uh, Anyone grow up in kids' church? Children's Church, right? This is one of the most popular kids' church passages you're going to find. But we're in Matthew chapter 14. And let me go ahead and read it. It says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were what? Terrified. They shout out, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. They're afraid. Jesus immediately says, Take courage, It's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter says, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus says, come, (laughs) let's do this thing. Then Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on water, which is pretty incredible. Anybody else walk on water? before? That is incredible. So he walks on water. But then when he saw the wind. Anybody struggle with that? Maybe you're doing well, but then you start seeing things in your natural eye, right? You start looking around. He saw the wind and he was afraid. The fear began to rise up again. And what happens? He begins to sink. He cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and he catches Peter. You have little faith, Peter. Why did you doubt? Now, as a kid, you learn a few things from this, right? The first one is, Following Jesus requires faith. Did you know that, church? It requires faith. You have to exercise your faith. Right now as I'm preaching, do you have faith in Jesus? Carson does. (laughs) Another thing you learn as a kid growing up in children's church is that as a follower of Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. Amen? Did you know that? Some of you, you don't even know that's true. But as a follower of Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. Some of the wisest people in my life when I was a little kid, and guess what? When I was afraid, they would say, Dan, with the Lord, you don't have to be afraid. Still, to this day, when I'm afraid, I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, Dan, don't be afraid. Lifespring Church, with Jesus in your life. I don't know who else you've been listening to, what lies of the enemy you've listened to, what spirit of the age you've been listening to, what of this world has somehow gotten into your brain. But if you have Jesus, don't be afraid. You can take courage. You can be courageous. Now, one thing I love about that story is you learn that even when we are afraid, because we're also human, uh, when we lack that faith, Jesus is there to catch you. Praise the Lord. Right? Even in those moments in my life when... I feel like I'm sinking. You ever have that moment? Like, don't be afraid to admit that. You feel like you're sinking. Some of you just told me it was this week that you feel like you're sinking. And yet, when I have those moments of doubt and fear, thank you, Lord. He saves me in that moment. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as much as that's true, I want to point something out here. 
Though I still have moments of doubt and fear, again, just this week, walking through some different issues, but I've noticed that as I look back at my life over the length of my journey with Jesus, that I've grown in this area of faith. Anybody else? I mean, even as I look back at the last two, three years, I am not the same person that I once was. Can anybody else relate? I want to actually see your hands on this. Anybody else relate? Isn't that good? Isn't that beautiful? Uh, that's powerful. Someone's, there should be a rejoicing. Your heart should leap. You're not the same as you once were. Where maybe something earlier in your walk would have taken you out. I don't know, name it. Like a relational conflict or a financial crisis, something like that. Where something else uh, like that would have paralyzed you with fear, gripped you with fear. But because of the good work that he's done in your life, right? Because of Jesus, you're rising up in faith. I've seen that in me. Man, I'm dangerous for the kingdom of God because of the good work that Jesus has done in my life. Anybody else dangerous for the kingdom of God because of Jesus and the good work he's doing in your life? So the point that I want to make here, and please write this down, a courageous church learns to put their faith in Jesus. I put in that learns part because it's a process. We're all still growing. We're still all learning. None of us have arrived yet. But please do not shut down the learning process. Do not get that cold, hardened heart. Do not become arrogant like a Pharisee. Be open and learn and grow to put your faith in Jesus. You do that, watch out. He will grow you to become more like him. Do you believe that, church? Amen. So good. My second point is this. A courageous church is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, how foolish to try to be the body of Christ without the Spirit of God. There's a great passage in Acts chapter 4. We've got Peter and John. You guys have heard those names before. Very familiar. And they heal this man. The man's at a gate, the temple gate. He's begging. Peter says one of the best lines in the whole Bible. I love it. He says, hey, silver or gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. Say it with me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I just used that line on someone this morning that was sick. I said, we're just going to pray for healing. And silver or gold, I don't have. But what I do have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be healed. And in this story, the man is healed. What do Peter and John get as a reward for that healing? They get arrested. (laughs) That's right. They get arrested. And the next day, they stand before quite the group of people. It says the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law, the high priest, the high priest family. They're all there and they're being questioned by them. That's pretty intense. Can we just admit that if there was ever an opportunity to kind of be afraid, kind of be, you know, filled with fear, it is right here, right in this moment. Again, what, I mean, what would that even look like in your life? To have that group of people that don't like you and you in a room with them and them questioning you. But then look what happens in verse 13. It records an incredible statement. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John realized they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus that's an amazing line isn't it they saw the courage of Peter and John yeah they're they have every reason to be afraid and yet that's not what these people see in Peter and John they see their courage 
and they're ordinary men. And so this courage that they see now astonishes this group of people. They've been with Jesus. Now, one thing I want you to notice, this is the same Peter we talked about in the last story. Right? That's the first story, second story. This is the same Peter who doubted and was afraid and began to sink. And yet now, before a very large group of people who are not Peter fans, Peter expresses such a level of faith and courage that it now astonishes these leaders. LifeSpring, I want to encourage you, if the Lord can do that in Peter's life, he can do that in your life. In fact, if you're open, and I hope you're open, if you're not open, this is a waste of time and this is a waste of oxygen. But if you're open to the Lord, even as I'm speaking this morning, He will do it. He will do it. And the reason is, there's one huge difference between the first story and the second story. (laughs) Before the second story happens, a lot has happened, right? Because the second story is after Jesus' death and resurrection, after His ascension to the right hand of the Father, and after He asked the Father to send us the promise of the Holy Spirit. So Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Acts chapter 4 verse 8 says, right? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Some of you have rooms that you're speaking in. Please don't just start babbling away. Be filled with the Spirit of God. It's so important that you understand this. Again, I hope we're taking notes today because the courage that this season requires isn't going to be a courage you just kind of muster up on your own. The courage required isn't going to be just, you know, have you ever been there where it's just like grits and self-determination and willpower? No, the rooms the Lord is leading you into, the conversations that He wants you to have with others, it's going to require a whole lot more than willpower. It will, again, listen, church, it will require that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. We just got done going through the book of Acts, and I, and I loved our journey through the book of Acts. But what these men and these women accomplished in the book of Acts, it's only made possible by what? By the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And that's true today. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit in my life. There's no way I could navigate the things I'm walking through without Him. In fact, on Wednesday, I had reached out to Steve Shell. Anybody remember Steve Shell? He was the pastor over at Northwest Church in Federal Way. And he didn't even know what I was preaching on today. And yet his email back to me was, Dan, I'm very grateful for your faithfulness and your courage in this season. Sometimes you just need a word like that, don't you? I mean, that one hit real deep that Pastor Steve... Uh, who I honor and respect so much, would see that courage that I have in this season. But again, the point to be made there isn't because I've just kind of gritted and determined to have courage. It's because of the good work that Jesus has done in my life, is doing in my life, all by the power of the Spirit living inside of me. And that's not just a Pastor Dan thing. That's for every one of us. I declare this over you. May the world around you, whether it's in your school or your family, or your workplace, or the grocery store, may the world around you see your courage. The courage that comes from being filled and empowered by the Spirit of God. Amen. So along with Peter, there's another pretty famous person filled with the Holy Spirit. 
in the New Testament. He displays an incredible amount of courage. That's the Apostle Paul. Anyone remember the Apostle Paul? He faces so much in his lifetime. I'm not going to cover it today. We've covered that when we went through the book of Acts, but it's intense. He faces so many trials and tribulations, and yet listen to what he says in Philippians 1.20. Again, this is a man who in the flesh, like if you were battling and comparing with Paul, like trying to give your list compared to his list, like he wins. Like he has so many reasons to be afraid, so many reasons in the natural to be fear-filled. But yet, listen to what he says. He says, I eagerly expect and I hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. He's so confident, isn't he? I mean, you see that in those words. He's confident he's going to have what he needs. He's going to have the needed boldness. He's going to have the sufficient courage to obey and to follow the Lord. That Christ will be magnified in his body, again, whether by life or by death. You see this courage. <laughs> he walks it out throughout his life. There's this another powerful, intense season scene. It's probably my favorite scene of Paul's courage, and it's found in Acts 23. We just covered this a few months ago. He's on trial before the Sanhedrin. And if you remember, it's a chaotic scene. It's chaotic because the Sadducees and the Pharisees, have you heard those phrases before? But the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they're fighting with each other. Paul's the one on trial, and yet they're bickering with each other, and they're fighting about this topic of the resurrection of the dead. Do you guys remember this story, right? So they're fighting, they're bickering, they're arguing about the resurrection of the dead, all while Paul is there on trial. But the Bible says this in verse 10. The dispute became so violent, violent, you ever been in a violent scene? So there's a violent scene that the commander is now afraid for Paul's life. He's afraid Paul's going to be torn to pieces. So he orders those troops to go down, take Paul away from them by force, and now bring Paul into the barracks. But then listen, verse 11. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul. He said, Paul, take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem So you must also testify in Rome. Just a second. Are we okay over here? Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you guys for helping over there. Lord. Lord, we just thank you so much that you would just intercede in this situation and just give strength. I thank you for this team that's Loving, but also, Lord, for your love, just to be in this room. In your name we pray. Amen. Healing in the name of Jesus. Now, in the midst of the chaos, church, in the midst of the fighting and the disagreement, I want you to hear this. If you can, picture this with your mind's eye. 
Again, it says that the Lord is standing next to Paul. Have you ever had the Lord stand next to you? That's awesome, right? And he stands next to Paul. But I want you to see what happens here. He says, take courage. Anyone grow up in the King James? What does the King James say there instead of take courage? You remember? Be of good cheer. Yes, be of good cheer. And in my mind's eye, I can just see the Lord. I mean, it's chaotic. The, you know, everyone's fighting and all the things going on. And yet the Lord stands next to Paul and says, hey, Paul, be of good cheer. Take courage, Paul. Take heart, Paul. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you will bear witness about me in Rome. Now, that one gets me, church, because this is the kind of courage that we need as a church. That's the kind of courage that says in the midst of everything going on, with everything you're seeing, you're seeing anything that's making you maybe afraid? With everything you're hearing, are you hearing anything that's maybe making you filled with anxiety? It says with everything you're seeing, with everything you're hearing, the craziness, the chaos, the Lord says, no, you can be resilient in your faith. You can be filled with the Spirit. May you be a calm, collected, non-anxious presence, empowered, equipped, and strengthened by God, confident that just as nothing was going to stop Paul from doing what the Lord was asking him to do, which was to bear witness about him in Rome, that church, you and I, nothing is going to stop you from doing what the Lord is calling you to do. Do you believe that? There's a thing of faith that needs to rise up in this church today, church. Do you believe that about the Lord? You either do or you don't. See, in the natural, you might have cause for concern. In the natural, you might be worried. You might even be tempted to be afraid or to be filled with fear. I get it. Some of you are walking through horrible situations. My heart breaks as I think about what you're walking through. Hard things. But, church, you can trust the Lord. You can trust the Lord. If there was ever a time for faith, it would be right now. When, what are you waiting for? You can trust the Lord. Like Peter, you can trust the Lord. Like Paul, you can trust the Lord. Again, with your mind's eye, just imagine the Lord standing next to you. I kind of picture him with a smile on his face because he loves me so much. He's standing there and he says, be of good cheer. Yeah, I, I get it. That's crazy. And those people are crazy. But I love them too. <laughs> but he says, take heart. Take courage. Be of good cheer. No one is going to stop you from finishing the assignment that I have for you. And so that's my third point. A courageous church fulfills the mission. Amen? By the way, I will die having fulfilled the mission that the Lord has for me. I have no doubt on that one. And I'm going to try to take as many people with me along on that journey as I can. I've noticed not everyone wants to be on that journey. Not everyone is willing to (laughs) persevere to the finish line on that journey. But as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. We will do what the Lord is asking us to do. When I die, when you're at my funeral, you will know that everything the Lord had for me was accomplished that he asked me to do. It will be done. That's what faith is. Exercise your faith, church. Believe in Jesus. If he said it, then it's done. If he said it, then it's done. All you got to do is have the courage and the bravery to exercise the faith to walk it out. Walk out what he has said about your life. Walk it out. Exercise your faith. Be courageous. Hallelujah. Amen.
The last passage I want to share today before I close comes from the book of John. If you have your Bibles, open them up to chapter 14. Does anyone remember Ray Wright? Raymond Wright? Ooh, I love Ray. Bobby's husband, he, he was fire. Just fire in, in every way. But his favorite chapters in the Bible were John 14, 15, and 16. John 14, 15, 16, 17. Uh, maybe you've heard it said like the farewell discourse or the upper room discourse. This is all one setting, one scene. Jesus is with his disciples. And it's powerful because these are some of his final words before he goes to the garden, before he's arrested. So these are like very important words to lean in and and really receive what Jesus is saying. Now, Ray liked these chapters. If you knew Ray, why did he like these chapters? Because they talked about the Holy Spirit, right? And, And so much of my love for the Holy Spirit comes from Ray's influence in my life. But I don't have time to read all those chapters, but here's just some highlights. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, that he will send the Holy Spirit. He says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. Wow. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. He says, my peace is with you. My Holy Spirit, the advocate, the spirit of truth is with you. I love this. There's, later on, he says in, in chapter 15, he goes, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You remember that one? Really, it's a really familiar passage. It's all in the same setting. He goes, if you remain in me and I in you, you're going to bear much fruit. Right? Don't, don't leave me. Stay in me. Stay with me. I and you and you and me and us and the Father and the Father and us. And if you do that, you're going to bear a lot of fruit. Anybody want to bear some fruit in your lifetime? But then he says, but apart from me, guess how much you can do? He says, you can do nada. Zip. Zilch. (laughs) Later he says, this is real encouraging. He says, hey, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. He also says, if they persecuted me... Buckle up, they will persecute you also. The buckle up, by the way, was my paraphrase. (laughs) But then in chapter 16, again, I just want you to hear his love, his passion for his closest friends, his disciples. He says, I I said all this to you so that you will not fall away. Mm, We need to hear. I hope we're listening today because I'm afraid that before I die, I will still see thousands of people fall away. Because I've seen hundreds fall away. But he says, listen to my words that you will not fall away. If you're tempted to fall away today, church, do not leave the Lord. Come back to the Lord. If you're listening online, come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. But he tells him it's going to get hard. He goes, they're going to kick you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone kills you, they're going to think they're offering a service to God. Wow. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. But listen, the very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, 
the Advocate, again, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Again, such a powerful portion of the Bible. I'd encourage you even to read it this week. And then in chapter 17, he begins a prayer. He prays for his disciples. He prays for believers everywhere, all throughout the world. But right before that prayer, there's a verse that's very familiar. And I want to put it up on the screen. It's chapter 16, verse 33. Again, this is at the end of this entire scene and setting with people that he loves. He says, I've told you all these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, take courage, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Can you just receive that fresh again today? Can you breathe in that truth and allow the peace that passes understanding to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus today? He's saying, yeah, some difficult things are going to happen to you as a follower of me. In this world, you will have trouble. I don't have to convince you of that. You're walking that out. And yet Jesus, again, out of his great love, he loves you. He's for you. Out of his compassion, out of his grace, his mercy, he says, you know, I've told you these things not to scare you, not to worry you. Not for you to kind of cower and be filled with fear and anxiety. He says, I've said these things to encourage you. I've said these things that you'd have peace. Because in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. Right? Like, take heart. I know it's hard. Take courage. Take courage. And it doesn't have to be you just trying to be really strong and proving some father wound that you can be all, you know, that your father wanted you to be. No, 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 no free from all that. You know why you can take heart and take courage? Because He has overcome the world. Take heart. Take courage. Church, don't be afraid. Sometimes when I see like people, Christians, just the way you're... And I'm not talking about any of you, of course, but just the way Christians are talking and acting, it's like a chicken with its head cut off. Just run... Blah, 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 blah. Like, relax. By the way, the chicken couldn't make that noise because its head is cut off. But anyways... Um, <laughs> But church, don't be afraid. The Spirit of God is here. Can you breathe Him in? Don't be anxious. I get that you're anxious. We all get anxious. But let the Lord and His Spirit speak right to that anxiety. Don't worry. Hey, by the way, I worry. we all worry. There's, there's things in life that happen and you get worried. But the Lord said, don't worry. Don't worry. Take heart. Take comfort. Be encouraged. Yes, I'm leaving, he says, but I'm not leaving you as an orphan. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to send the Spirit of God, the very presence of God, to not just walk with you, but to live in you, to give you what you need, to do all that I've called you to do. And it's going to be beautiful and powerful and wonderful. And yes, people are going to hate you. Get used to it. People hate me. The list of people, then they even think of my name. What they think of me is not pleasant. But that's okay. They did it to Jesus. They'll do it to you. Don't be afraid because Jesus has overcome the world. Again, remember the setting, Life Spring. These words, they come from a man who knows that his time has come. He's soon to be arrested. Soon to be placed on trial. 
soon to be mocked and ridiculed and tortured, executed. And yet these are his final words. And his final words to his closest followers aren't filled with fear. And yet they're filled with just you feel it like he wants to equip them. He wants to resource them. He, he wants them to know they're going to have everything they need for this mission, for the mission of love, for this mission, mission of salvation. He wants to bring them peace to encourage them that he overcomes the world. Did you know that Jesus overcomes the world? He overcomes the world. You see this played out in his earthly ministry. During his time on earth, he overcame a lot, didn't he? He overcomes the temptations of the world. There's a great scene where he overcomes the temptations of the accuser, the Satan. But then as you keep reading the Bible, Jesus even overcomes death itself. Praise the Lord. He raises from the grave. He ascends to the right hand of the Father. Vindicated. He is who he said he is. And so this is good news. And as I close today, this is really good news because this means we can take courage because we are now living under the new covenant established by the blood of the one who overcomes the world. It's a new covenant, a new everlasting covenant that has given us forgiveness of sins. A covenant that has given us the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit that has given us a restored and right relationship with God. We walk with our maker again. It's a relation. It's a it's a covenant that is uh, even now given us eternal life. Does anyone have eternal life here? It's like I grew up. I felt like growing up eternal life was something that happened when you died. And yet the more you read the Bible, it's like, no, Jesus is life. He is eternal life. If you have Jesus, you have life. So when he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. If you have Jesus, you have life. It's all made possible because Jesus, what has overcome the world. But then I want you to hear this life spring as his body. As his bride, as people who are wanting to effectively play your part in the unstoppable mission of Jesus. Point number four, write this down. A courageous church in Jesus overcomes the world. A courageous church in Jesus overcomes the world. First John 5 says it very plainly. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Are there any overcomers in the house this morning? And that means no matter what you face, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what kind of fear or worry is floating in the atmosphere, you don't have to receive any of that into your life. We're all tempted to own that, but you don't have to own that. You don't have to own that. You don't. Instead, you can what? Take heart. You can be of good cheer. You can be courageous because Jesus has overcome the world. And listen, anyone who believes in Jesus, who believes he's the son of God, who believes he did what he said he would do, who believes he lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave, even now intercedes for us from the right hand of the Father. Anyone who believes in the name above all names is an overcomer in Him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Again, I'll ask the question, are there any overcomers in him today? So with that truth in mind, I want you to pull out that sticker. And worship team, come on up. We're going to sing a song. And as we do, I would love for you to write down an answer. Again, in a world paralyzed by fear, I choose to be courageous in Jesus by... And whatever the answer is, I would love for you to write that down. And then in your own timing, I want you to go over to this board. If everyone looks over there, we have a board. It says the Courageous Church. And I want you to place your answer up there. Again, in a world paralyzed by fear, I choose to be courageous in Jesus by. And Pastor Jesse and I are going to pray this week. We will intercede for you. We will pray over everything that is put up on that board. And we're going to believe that you will grow in your courage. Because again, this season demands a courageous church. And I've just given you incredible, solid gold. Did you hear the verses I just read to you? The Bible has given you a full meal today. He's given you everything you need to live a godly life for him. I want to go through those four points again. A courageous church learns to put their faith in Jesus. Let's say it together. A courageous church learns to put their faith in Jesus. A courageous church is filled with the Holy Spirit. A courageous church fulfills the mission. And a courageous church in Jesus overcomes the world. Would you stand with us, church, as we sing together?